Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today I'm chatting with Laura. Laura actually is a repeat guest. She actually came on uh, about a month and a half ago and I will drop the episode link and number in the show notes as well as put it in the ending of the um the ending notes but Laura is amazing I'm actually going to start coaching with her we're doing kind of a really great deal with each other and I just love her energy I just love how she has learned to love herself and that's basically what we're talking about we're talking about women um, who can love themselves even though they've gone through such a horrific time um I think you're really going to enjoy listening to Laura speak and listening to everything that she has to say and what she's learned from it and how she's able to cope with everything. So, you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. We both have been looking forward to this. I know I've been looking forward to you returning, and you've been looking forward to returning on the show to talk about women's self-esteem. But before we get started, Laura, I want to actually share a quote. Since it's Women Empowerment, Women History Month, I wanted to share quotes by women. And I had one picked out for today by Angelina Jolie. But then I said, no, because you've written a book, I'm going to share something from your book. I love it. I'm so excited to know what you're going to share. It's actually the very first, the introduction, because I think it like sums up everything. Actually, there's two parts I want to share in the book. But here's the introduction. He says, I believe that women deserve to be seen. And I believe that universally women want to be seen for who they are, not for what they do, not for who they are in relation to others or what they can give, but for themselves, for who they are inside at their most raw, authentic vulnerable and naked core. I believe that when women are not seen, they cannot be accepted for who they are. When women are not accepted for who they are, they cover their power, dim their lights, hide their beauty and reject uninhibited joy. They lose what I like to call their sparkle, which is everything inside that makes them uniquely, authentically and spectacularly themselves. When we lose our sparkle, we lose touch with our hearts. We suppress our personal desires and fall out of love with our bodies. In short, we fall into a state of chronic self-judgment and we stop enjoying life fully. And I love that. Now, I will say there's another thing that I definitely, like I told you right before we got on that I had not read it, but I do have the book. But when I read your little dedication, I'm like, that is me, you write this book for me. It says to all women who have cried in the showers, smiled when they wanted to scream and couldn't wait to get home and unlock, un- unhook their bra. Because, I mean, that's the first thing. When I get home, that bra is off. <laughs> so it's flaunt. That's her book. So I am so glad you're back on, Laura. Thank you for oh, having on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me back on. I am thoroughly enjoyed our conversation last time. And I can't wait to connect further and see where this goes. Because I just feel like you bring out some really powerful energy for people and you give women that space to get naked strip down Mm -hmm. relax and really talk so i thank you for that now let's talking about getting naked you have a very powerful instagram video igtv video that i actually just shared on my instagram um that was very powerful i sat there and watched it this morning i was like wow that is really powerful so what was your um idea behind actually doing all that uh, thank you for that. Um, it's it was it was twofold. 
my infidelity story, which which we talked to, I know a lot about last time, but it's it's so painful because infidelity strips so much away from you. It strips your self-esteem. It strips your past. It strips your present. It strips your, like, it just strips you down and it leaves you with nothing. And I know that there's a lot of experiences that do that to a person. For me, it was infidelity and it was horrible. And I really want to share raw and vulnerable stories because we all have them. And just like I said in the intro to my book, we all paste on that smile and go, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. It's going to work great. And positive thinking is, is amazing and wonderful and powerful. And I love that. But I really wanted to share in a way that was non-threatening a story that would connect people and make them see it's okay. And for that stripping down at the end to let people show a few things. One, we're all the same underneath. Mm -hmm. And however we are is how we are. And there's nothing we can really do or should do to change that or to judge that. We're all the same. We're all one. We've all had stories. And I really wanted to share it and to show it because I felt like showing it took it to that entirely different level where people could go, oh, I really see what you're talking about. Yes. And that goes back to your being a performer as well with burlesque is being able to show and just share that stuff that I don't think a lot of people really think that when they think of burlesque, a lot of people think it's like strip tease or something like that. But as you said last time, it's not, it's like a little tease, but it's not, it's more expression of how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And how you are, you know, and how, how you feel and how you are is different every single day. And that drives me crazy sometimes about the, the different weight loss videos or the different, you know, programs. And there's nothing wrong with the programs. There's nothing wrong with losing weight or getting in shape, but it's always before and after. There is no after. There is no before. We're constantly a work in progress. And and I like burlesque for just showing. It shows how you are in every single moment. And how I am today is different than how I was yesterday. And it's different than how I will be tomorrow. And that's our gift. Mm -hmm. Being as we are in every single moment and accepting it. There's huge power in that. Now, one of the things that you do, which I absolutely love, is like you said, I do, but I'm going to give it back to you, is empowering <laughs> women. You actually let help women find their self-worth. And yes. that's the one of the biggest things, because a lot of times women are very hard on each other. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I get it, but I don't get it. I understand that it's scary. I understand that we're all trying and I understand that it's easy to feel threatened. You know, we all see that person with the perfect marriage or the perfect house or the and we, a perfect body. And we go, I want to be that. But instead of embracing it, we let it threaten us. Mm -hmm. And then we start taking other people down. And that that's hard. That's really hard. So what are some ways that women can help each other and encourage each other instead of tearing each other down? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is around getting honest, getting honest about what it is that you want, because we it, it's in our culture, it's in our society, not to claim what we want. Mm -hmm. And then as women, we tend to not know what we want because we're so busy taking care of everybody and everything in our world. And when we know what we want and when we claim what we want, and then when we say what we want, it's so much easier. And oftentimes we're tearing each other down out of jealousy because they know what they want, doggone it, and they went for it and I didn't. And all judgment is a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. Judgment is not a reflection of anybody that we're judging. It's always, always, always a reflection of our state of being. And it happens to all of us. And when we have that awareness, when we can kind of start shifting our perspective that, gosh, I'm feeling judgy today. What's going on with me? Mm. And question it in a kind and loving way. Just like if you have kids and they come home from school and they're like, how was your day? Fine. Fine. 
Yeah, what happened? Nothing. Questioning yourself in some of those ways. What's going on that makes me feel judgy? What's going on that makes me feel threatened? What's going on that makes me feel holier than thou? Mm. What's going on that makes me feel that way? Because the bottom line is none of those emotions are good. Feeling self-righteous doesn't really feel good. It feels mm -hmm. kind of nasty. Yep, it, does. it does. So just being a little bit curious with yourself and asking yourself, why do I feel this way? It will bring up a lot. Wow. She has this amazing business and I've always wanted a business, but I've been spending my time raising my family. And although I'm grateful for this time at home, I'm also feeling some jealousy mm -hmm. and some conflict around this. Perfect. Now you know what's really going on. Then you can start making some decisions around that. Is it time to start building a business part-time? Is it time for, you know, two hours a day of daycare? Is it time for more, more self-care? Mm -hmm. Is it, what is it time for? Because it's all about rejecting ourselves. Rejecting mm -hmm. when we judge others, we're rejecting a piece of ourselves. She's too sexy. I'm rejecting that in me. She's too fuddy-duddy. I'm rejecting that in me. She's mm -hmm. too whatever. It's all self-rejection. It's all about you. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a truth bomb. Now let's talk about, you're a life choreographer. So let's talk about what that means because I know you trademarked that term, right? I did. I did. If you think about a dance, a dance routine, and you don't have to be a dancer to think about this because we've all seen a dance performance. There's steps. You know, what are your feet doing? What are your arms doing? Where's your body going? There's lighting, there's music, there's the space of the stage, there's costuming, there's other dancers around you. There's a lot of elements that have to come together for a dance to be right. Whether you're dancing on your own, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a partner or having a huge dance troupe, there's a lot of things that have to come together. And that's exactly what happens in our life. It's so easy to think my life, track one, my family, track two, my business, track three. My, it's not like that. Everything in our life has to come together in order for us to feel mm -hmm. happy. And that's what life choreography is about. It's about looking at all of these different elements. Is it your self-esteem? Is it that you are dealing with an, you know, a, a, an eating disorder that you've never actually come to terms with? Are you drinking a little bit too much? Do you have an unhealthy relationship that's still dragging you down with your parents, with your siblings? Yeah. Is there something going on in your marriage that you're not addressing? Are you repressing something that you're not giving voice to? There's a lot of things that come together and it's a little bit different for everybody. And that's what life choreography is. It's getting into the spirit, your spirit, your mind, your emotions, your intellect, your body and seeing how can we bring this all together? Because with so many other types of coaching and programs, it's like, we're gonna work on this one thing. Well, that's great, but life isn't one thing. You, you know, you can't just clean eat and everything is gonna come together. Clean eating is gonna help a little bit, but it doesn't pull it all together. Yeah, that is so true. So let's talk about going through the journey because you shared it last time about the infidelity and then going to where you're like, okay, I deserve something for myself. And then helping other women grab deserving something for themselves. So let's talk about that. Yeah. The journey for people who didn't hear it last time. Um, at the time I had been married 23 years. My youngest was just about to graduate from high school. So I was really looking forward to getting back with my husband because you know, life is hard. <laughs> and it was like, yes, it's all, it, this is going to be perfect. And we can start being together and everything is wonderful. And I found out that he had been cheating on me. And then I found out about four other women. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I found out that this infidelity had been going on for the last 15 years. And it was so devastating. It's hard to even put words around because everything that I thought was true in my life was not true. And I would look back on 
holidays and vacations and anniversaries and just, you know, laughing and, and family and couple times and to think what was true and what wasn't true. You know, who mm -hmm. am I, who is he, where is us? Everything that I knew and that I had worked for was suddenly completely gone and I didn't know what to do with any of it. it yeah, it was a lot of work. And what really helped me, it was a couple of different things. Untangling myself from anybody or anything was kind of that first step. Figuring out what I wanted, what I wanted to do with this. Like I said, I had been literally stripped away of everything. What is left? And what do I want? And that's where I had to get really, really clear on what I wanted. And I had to make the conscious decision. Do I want, you know, revenge and to go down that whole path mm -hmm. and make him pay? And I'm not a bitter person. I'm a happy, joyful person. Am I going to let him take that away from me? Am I going to let these other women take that away from me? Who am I and what do I deserve and what do I want? And here I am almost at ground zero. And I had to get really clear and very intentional about what it was I was going to create going forward. And I was not going to create more misery. And I wasn't going to keep myself entangled and embroiled in all of this. Because I deserved more than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that was really that first place that I had to get to. And then from there, constantly going back to that, who am I? What do I deserve? And how am I going to create this for me? Because I didn't deserve it. And although I learned from it, and although I can look back at mistakes that I had made and learn from those, it's not about, I did not cause it. And it's really keeping that distance between learning and growing and knowing that I am worthy. And that's that last T in flaunt is trusting in my truth and that constantly going back to, this is about me. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, is so that true. Is if you don't mind, I do want to share your Instagram video because I think it's so powerful and it tells your story so well. So if you don't mind. Oh, I'd love that. That would be great. So I'm going to pull it up right now as we're chatting and maybe it'll come up. Internet's being very slow right now. <laughs> nope, that's okay. Yeah, and, and what I like about that is it really shows you don't have to be perfect. You can make mistakes. You know, you can do, oh, and even for my, on the flipping the coin around and seeing it from my husband's side, he made some horrible mistakes, obviously. <laughs> that can't define him. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. So can you guys see it? Okay, here we go. This is so powerful that I really want you to hear it. The only child doing everything right. Compliant and sweet wherever I went. The good little girl. The perfect teacher's pet. Cinched into a corset, I could never misbehave. To validation from others, I made myself a slave. But for love, I would do it. Into corsets, I would shove my bold independence, for I was taught perfection is what would bring love. A shiny new lawyer, I stayed up all night researching, writing, perfecting my fight. My plan, it was flawless. My argument clear. I won my first case. My passion, sincere. But the judge didn't care. Did I make him look bad? He talked of my legs and my smile and my hair. How dare I be pretty? 
I didn't have a clue that earning success meant covering my looks too. So into a business suit, glasses in hand, I pitched down my voice and I made myself a man. But for love, I would do it. Into overwork, I dove. I fought for perfection, which I thought would bring love. In the middle of it all, the man of my dreams and babies and daycare, that was not what it seemed. An avalanche started. I couldn't get through. The children, my husband, there was so much to do. The corset, too tight. The suit didn't fit. But there's nowhere to turn. I'm here on my own. My husband, he travels. He's just never home. For 23 years, I dig really deep. I live life for everyone and I sacrifice my sleep. I paste on a smile. I do love my life. It's just that I'm tired of being the perfect wife. But for love, I would do it. They will all have the best of. I sought perfection, which I thought would bring love. But now, I am ready to strip off my costumes and finally be all that I've longed for, all I can see. This time it will happen, this time's just for me. My youngest is graduating and I'm finally free. Romance, travel, writing my book. I've waited patiently and now I'm off the hook. So into the spotlight, I finally step when I hit with the ladder. And the words, they don't fit. My husband's been cheating. That cannot be right. Reality shatters my heart and my head. For 15 long years, there's been five others in our bed. How can he not love me? How can he not see how I have sacrificed all I could be? I can't hold anything. Nothing is real. I don't deserve this. I don't want to feel. Stripped from reality, naked and free, I got what I wanted and I found I loved me. No barriers between us. The truth all came out messy and ugly, but without any doubt. All of the striving, the judgment I would flee, kept me trapped and exhausted. Now, I validate me. I know what brings love. To myself, I will birth. I don't need perfection. I've got naked self-worth. Wow, that is like so powerful. I mean, for you to actually the do that. child in whoop. the spotlight. Oops. I, it kept rocking, <laughs> um, but that, that was so powerful to actually get up and do that and to share it on Instagram. That's like your whole story in a really nutshell. How, what gave you the, the, the courage to do that? It was scary. <laughs> it really was scary. It's like with so many other things, sometimes just ripping the bandaid off is better. And it's the truth. And I'm not going to hide from the truth and I can't run from the truth. And that's where we get in trouble so often mm -hmm. is covering the truth and running from the truth and thinking, I'll do a little bit of this later. And I thought, you know what, this is what I help women do. And this is what I need to do too, because we need to just confront things in an honest heart centered way, okay. not in a judgmental way. You did this. You, we just need to put it out there because then that brings us together. And you talked about supporting women. I mean, maybe you're going to hate me from watching the video, but I don't think so. The people are going to resonate with that and they will support me. And if I see somebody else doing something like that, and it's not that you have to put your stuff on Instagram, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but like friendships, when we're all talking and being honest like that, we know how to come together. We know how to love each other. We know how to support each other. We're humans. And the people that reject us, we don't want in our world anyway. If you're going to hate me for that video, I don't really need you in my world because you're going to bring me down. And it's about bringing each other up, 
not tearing each other down. That is so true. And I honestly could not think of a better way for you to tell your story because it's all about finding your worth because you were talking about, you know, you were like a mom, you were a corporate attorney. You couldn't, you, the judge told you you had to dress a certain way. You couldn't dress the way you wanted. You basically had to cover up who you were. And with that, you kind of lost yourself and now you found yourself again and being able to, Hey, when you're what, I'm assuming you're around my age because you said you've been married 23, 24 years. So I want to, I don't want to say you're in your fifties, but are you in your fifties? I am. I'm, I'm 52. Okay. So we're right there with each other. Yep. <laughs> so, but you know, when you get to a certain age, you're like, screw this. I've got to be me. I've got to be who I want to be. I can't live my life the rest of my life with regrets. No, no. And that's when you look at the number one regret of the dying, the number one regret is not living your life the way you wanted to live your own life. And that's powerful. That's really powerful. So how do we, as women especially, get away from the judgment, get away from, step away from, you know, I don't care what other people think because there's always, it's been embed, embedded in our brain that, oh, you have to worry about this. You have to worry about that. You have to be the perfect mom. You have to be the perfect wife. You have to be the perfect daughter, the perfect child of God, the perfect this, the perfect that. And all this per imper perfection, I mean, all this perfection on us makes us feel imperfect and feel yeah. crappy about ourselves. Yes. Here's what helps. And it takes some time and you'll argue with yourself, but it does help. Judgment is a control mechanism. And I talk about this a little bit in my book too. When we judge our kids, it's to control them. And it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It just is. You're like, don't make mommy mad. Don't do that. We're judging them. You want to be a good girl, don't you? you we think it's motivational, but it's judgment. And there's a real fine line between motivation and judgment. And whenever somebody is judging you, it's because they want something from you. So breaking that down, who, what do they want from me? You have to be a perfect mom. <clears throat> okay, let, let's, let's walk that one back. Why do we have to be perfect moms? Um, so our kids will be under control. So it'll make it easier for, it, it's inconvenient to have a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. It just is. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It's to make it, you know, convenient for somebody. Okay, I get that. How does that reflect on me? And is that about me? And is that tantrum about me? Or is that about my child being overstimulated and being too? Hmm. What, you know, what can I do? Yeah. What can I not do? If you're judging me for my child throwing a fit, your concern really is that I'm raising a happy, healthy, well-adjusted child who knows how to self-regulate. I can respect that. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? It's different for all of us. On the motherhood thing, my kids had some sensory integration issues. I needed to calm their tantrums down quickly. Otherwise, they would continue to spiral to the point that they would vomit. They would, they had sensory integration. They couldn't take yeah. input. The way I had to parent them might seem indulgent by some people because I had to soothe. Because mm -hmm. I knew if I didn't get that soothing in place, they couldn't regulate and they would go over the cliff. Other kids are different. So being a good parent by my standards for my kids, for their needs is completely different from a child who has different needs. Go to the reason behind the judgment. And then it's easier to break it away. Wow, my in-laws are judging me for being indulgent they don't understand. We both have the same goal. We both want these little kids to be happy, to be healthy, to be able to self-regulate and to grow into fully functioning adults. The goal is the same. The methods are different. And does it hurt? Of course it hurts sometimes when somebody's saying, no means no, and you need to get that, and you just put in it. Mm -hmm. But we both have the same goal. Later, perhaps we can have a conversation around it. But in the moment, I need to trust my truth. Same thing with being judged from friends, from, you know, at work for looking a certain way. What is the goal around that? We're always telling girls to tone it down or you're not going out in that, blah, blah, blah. What's the reason behind that? 
we don't want our girls to be assaulted or raped or judged. We don't want that. So we're judging them to judge. We have the same common goal, but we're judging them to control them. Instead of saying, some people judge you incorrectly. Some people judge a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be hurt by being misjudged. I don't want you to be put in a scary circumstance and see how bad some people can really be. We don't have the time for these deep conversations. So we throw judgment out there to control mm -hmm. them. You're not going out of the house looking like that. Yep. That's so true. And I love how you talked about the situations are different. Like with parenting, like your kids, what works for one parent may not work for other parents down the road. So that's very important not to judge because I mean, even, even when you have each time you each, if you have more than one kid, you have sometimes have to parent them differently as well, because I have three girls and I have to, they respond totally different to different things. I mean, it's amazing how they can all be brought up in the same environment, but different triggers for all three of them. So totally, totally. Yeah. And, and going back to the common goal, you know, it's, it's just walking back. What is that judgment doing? And I think all of us, we can think of a time that we're judged, you know, whether it's at work or home or whatever, the message behind it is good. The message behind it is caring and loving. It's just somebody else's way of doing it. Yeah. You can't, you can't work and raise kids or you can't, you know, not work. Your kids need to respect you. People have judgments and they have opinions and they they all want the same thing. That is they so want, true. Yeah. And it takes a while to walk yourself back. Now, I think the parenting thing, a lot of parents can actually kind of just kind of blow off sometimes. But I think when, it, when the judgment comes from people that they consider very close, like their friends, and there was betrayal with friendships as well. That's hard, especially for women, because women, when their friendships and especially I'm an Enneagram too. So I don't know if you know anything about yep. Enneagrams, but I'm two. the giver. <laughs> Are you a two too? I'm a two. <laughs> so you know all about it. The giver, the giver, you know, you give so much and then you're like, wow. And then you get the door slammed in your face and you're like, wow. And then you have to not take yourself to that deep, place inside yourself where you don't let anybody else in so how can we how can we recover from that how can we say no i'm not going to let this affect me and i'm not going to withdraw into myself yeah by realizing that none of it is about none of it about is about you anything that anybody does to you is about them it's not about you and when we're being so good when we're being so giving when we're doing so much it's not about it's, and then somebody judges us, it's that they can't receive or that they feel guilty around it. Or suddenly it's making them shining a light on a part of them where they're like, oh, and it doesn't feel so good to them. And they've got to cut it. I I have had people tell me, you're too happy. I don't want to be around that. It, it's got to be fake if it's too happy. Mm. I'm honest. When I'm happy, I'm happy. When I'm not, I'm not. That says something about you. That doesn't say something about me. And does it hurt? Absolutely it hurts. But it, it brings up, now I'm to the point where I'm like, wow, that really makes me sad for them. It makes me sad that they're not allowing their heart to open. It makes me sad that they're not self-reflecting and making their, seeing themselves different. It makes me sad. And I will always stay here and I will always be open and I will always smile and I will always be ready for you. And if you want to judge me, it says a lot about you. And I see that judgment and I hold space for that judgment. So you just talked about holding space and you'll always be there. How do you get from the betrayal to being able to accept people back into your lives? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> A couple of different things, but I think most importantly, you have to know your own boundaries. And knowing your own boundaries truly means what will I accept, what I will not accept, and being aware of how you feel at all times. 
Mm. We all have friends and relations that just drain us. Mm-hmm. And it's the awareness of that. There are people I can only see in small doses because I'm aware of how it drains me and I'm not going to allow them to drain me because then if they drain me, I can't be there for my kids, Mm. for my husband, for my friends, for my business, for my clients. That is so true. Yeah. And it's a loving boundary, you know, of course I can see you, but I'm going to, I'm going to hang up the phone. I'm not going to answer every single call. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, with me, I'm the biggest encourager of everybody that I know. I mean, I'm your biggest cheerleader. But the one time that I actually said, you know what, I'm going to do something for myself was the one time that I got the biggest, you know, like, negative feedback whatsoever. And it was like, what? You know, I'm there, always there for you. Why can't you be there for me at this point? Especially when there was a lot of stuff going on. And I said, you know what, I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, walk that back. Walk that back a little bit. They rely on you so much that they are that afraid that you're going to pull back once and do something for you. So first reaction can be, oh, wow, I know how much I mean to you now. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And how can you get propped up on your own two feet for this? You can do it. I know you can be without me. I know you can. And I'm modeling this. Do what I do. Absolutely do what I do. Instead of coming to me, sometimes you need to take this time out and do it for yourself. And I will support you. These are some of the things that help me. Reading with tea, taking a walk in nature, calling a friend. I will see you on Thursday. I am so excited for this journey for you. Wow. But every time I've done that, though, it's been door slammed in the face. Well, you're not there for me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I have to, I have to withdraw because I don't need it. Because if not, that negative space will get into my head and it'll stop me from doing what I want to do, what I feel like I need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Untang- how do we stop that negative? Yeah, exactly. Untangling untangling, untangling. And what is, what is negative truly in you? Mm. You're talking about negative as far as how the negative self-talk are. Kind of yes. And when somebody is slamming the door in your face, what is that bringing up negative in you? Is it rejection? Is it I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. Is it, what it, what is that negative that is coming up in you? It's basically both of those. It's, it's not good enough rejection. Um, well, obviously, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. You know, that type of thing is all of, all basically rolled around in self-esteem issues. I really mm-hmm. honestly think so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then get it questioning that. Rejection. It Acknowledging it, first of all, it hurts to be rejected. Labeling that. I hurt when I am rejected. All humans hurt when they feel rejected. Mm-hmm. Being accepted is, is something that all humans crave. It's a safety thing. If we're kicked out of the tribe, we can die. Mm-hmm. So that's that's primal. Except acknowledging that first, breathing it, letting yourself feel that rejection. And then after you've had some space to feel that, asking some questions around that. Am I truly being rejected? Or are they angry because they're being asked to do something that they're afraid of, Mm. that they've never had to do on their own? that they're afraid they're going to fail at, that they don't want to take the fall for, they'd rather push it out on somebody else. Wow. 
Now, you brought a very good point up when you talked about, I think somewhere in there, the word tribe popped out at me. I don't know if you said it or it was subliminal that you were saying it, <laughs> but trying to find your your tribe, the people that you can be yourself with, because that is very hard because most women don't have a, they, a, lot of, a lot of women have trust issues and they can't feel like they can be themselves around a lot of people. Like you and I were saying we're Enneagrams too. And you know, one of the things with the Enneagram too is the fact that your fear of being rejected is huge and the fear of, you know, not being liked and, you know, you give, 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 and then not being able to get anything back. That's like the Enneagram to the whole in a nutshell, but yeah. finding your tribe and people that you can be yourselves with, that is so hard for women. Yes. So what are some suggestions for that? Get naked. <laughs> because you're absolutely right. We have the hardest time. I look back to when my kids were little and I'd show up at preschool, you know, desperate for some mom friends. So what do I do? You know, you put on your lip gloss, you comb your hair, you put on this happy face, you put on a false front. Mm -hmm. And then you go to school and then there's all these perky moms and da, 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 and you're like, I'm not fitting in. I'm not fitting in. I can't find them. I'm not fitting in. And there's like, you know, the working moms and the stay at home moms and the fitness moms. And you're like constantly trying to figure out where are my people? Where are my people? Well, they're all doing the same thing and they're all putting on masks and you're all putting on masks. And no wonder you're kind of repelling each other. And it's really hard to find friendships. And it's really important for us to get honest when somebody comes over you know you're dropping off food you're dropping off kids you're what do you do i gotta clean the living room real fast mm -hmm. i gotta put stuff away can we just be honest can we just be honest about that because it really helps find other people because it's so refreshing to me and i think i speak for everybody if you walk by go to drop by somebody's house and they open the door and their hair is wet and they're a mess you're like yes you're a real person <laughs> <laughs> you know versus your pearls and your heels and your apron and you know fresh baked cookies over here and your corporate report over here yeah that is so true mm -hmm. i mean yeah and you're right when people do come over you like you feel like you're going to be judged if you're not your house is not Spotless. I mean, if your house is a total mess, I mean, I've walked into houses now and people and friends are like, oh, excuse the mess. And I'm like, what mess? Where's the mess? Where is it? No, you need to go to my house. My house is the mess at this point. That's why I wanted to come to your house. You know, yes. so why do we put that so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect? Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of that is, is flipping it on its head again. If you, th and I, and it's not that childhood messes us all up. We're raised. The goal of raising kids is to keep them alive and safe, but it's that judgment that we use on kids. And then growing up, instead of realizing, wow, you know, people use judgment on me. People shame me because they loved me and they wanted me to do a better, you know, be alive. <laughs> they wanted me to get through school, you know, not, not be pregnant or disease ridden at 14. They, you know, pe people are doing it for a reason. It's because they love you and because they care. But at some point we have to realize that judgment and that shame is a control mechanism and we don't need to do it to ourselves. We've got agency and we can make choices and we can live with the consequences and it's okay. It's okay to have consequences. There's nobody over us judging us. It's just us. Mm. And it's that shift from proving our worth to owning who we are. We're always proving, at least I was, I was mm. always proving myself as a good wife, proving myself as a good homemaker, proving myself as a good employee, proving myself as a good friend, proving myself as a good fitness instructor, proving, prove, 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 prove. Here's the bar, I'll do it. Here's the box, I'll check it. What about me? Let me just own and embrace the fact that I am a divine child of God, that mm -hmm. I am a miracle walking around in flesh and blood, that I am a totally fallible, broken human, that I am doing the best that I can in the moment, and nine times out of 10, it's probably not gonna be the best. When I just own that, it's all okay. 
because I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I don't know if you saw on my Facebook, but last week I was in a pretty bad car accident. I saw, and, that. I saw that. Yeah. And fortunately, I'm okay. But it was such an analogy because I wrecked a brand new, really expensive car. And I've had to walk myself through that. I am an imperfect human on snowy conditions. Could a professional driver have driven out of it? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Do, do I know that I was doing the best that I could in the moment? Yes. Is that enough? Yes. Is somebody going to judge me? Sure. Based on maybe their own fear, based on their own. It is what it is. I own it. And it would be so much more comforting to say, oh, it was the snow or it was the car or it was, you know, my husband told me to drive that. Or There's all these excuses that can be labeled on that or thrown on that. And none of it matters because I'm not trying to prove myself. I don't need to prove to anybody if I was doing a good job driving or a bad job driving or I just need to own what I did. And I know what I did. And I know in the moment I did the best that I can do. That is it. So basically it boils down to forgiving yourself. So how do we reach self-forgiveness? Untangling, first of all. Untangling from other people's opinions and judgments. I mean, that is so huge. I want, I didn't want my husband to be mad. I didn't want my mom to be hurt. I didn't, but I've got to untangle that. It's about, it's about me and their judgments are about them. And I need to look at myself. Did I do, did I do what I need, needed to do in the moment? Yes. Is there really anything to forgive? Not necessarily, no. Now, had I been, which I wasn't, but had I been like late or cutting people off or being intentionally dangerous, then there might be something to forgive. But it's more of walking yourself back. Why was I in that state? What was I doing? Nobody had a gun to my head saying, do this. What is it really about? One of my favorite mm -hmm. coaching questions is, what's really going on and what is this really about? Because sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just an accident and it's really about nothing and it's easy to let go. And sometimes it's really about something else. Sometimes it's really about an idea or a belief that no longer serves who you are. Sometimes it's about a part of your life being really off balance that you're ignoring it. You know, there's mm -hmm. things that are hard to look at. Sometimes people say, now is not the time to deal with a divorce. I've got to get my kids through this stage. Now is not the time to deal with this. I've got yes, yes, and yes. But you have to give yourself permission to deal with it at some point because something else is always going to come up. I love that, having to give yourself permission to deal with it. Because I think a lot of people take all their issues and bury them deep, 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 deep down. I mean, almost down to their toes almost. And then all of a sudden one little issue happens and boom, they explode like crazy. So how do we keep that from happening? So much of it, all of it is truly self-awareness, not taking anything at face value, just always being aware. What does this look like? What is this? What's really, literally, if you use that phrase, what's really going on? What is this really about? A lot's going to come up. A lot's going to come up. Even with yourself, yes. But even with other people, because we are in relationship to other people. And you talk about, you know, the door getting slammed in your face. From a place of love, if you can go to that person and say, First of all, tell what's honestly going on. I feel very rejected. I feel hurt. What's really going on? A lot's going to come out. And it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about them. Honestly, I think at that point, I think we're so 
worried about being rejected that we're not going to be honest about going to them and saying, okay, I feel hurt. I feel rejected because that to most people who have that fear of rejection are like saying, you know what? They're going to reject me even more. They're going to push me away even more if I come out and say exactly how I feel. So, right. right. But then since we're wanting that tribe, we're wanting the connection. What does that do? That prevents a deeper connection from happening. So you got to kind of put yourself out there. Yeah. And and hope and pray that you don't get hurt. Well, yes and no, because sometimes getting hurt is is a good thing. If and again, it's all timing, you know, if somebody's really hot and angry, no approaching them might not be the best idea. A letter, a text, an email that it hurt my feelings. I feel this way. What's really going on? I'm curious. When they can respond in an honest space, it takes that relationship deeper. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't take that relationship deeper, perhaps this is a relationship whose time has come, whose it's, it's past. We don't need every human in our life. Everybody that we've met does not need to stay a friend forever. Maybe they are a bit of an energy vampire. Maybe they are a bit abusive. Maybe they are, you know, have narcissistic tendencies. Maybe there's some stuff that's really deeply going on and it really, truly doesn't serve you. Wow. That's like a truth bomb right there. Because I love how you said, it's like I've heard it before, it's like people are coming to our lives for a season. And when that season's over, it's okay to let them go. But sometimes we are so dependent on that friend or we so want, like you said, every human to like us that we cling on to it instead of saying, fly, be free. If it's meant to be, you'll come back to me. You know, that old adage or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does just weigh us down. And when we know we are a bright light with a lot to give. When we know we're that type too, we're giving, we're loving, we're kind. There's plenty of people in the world that can use us and that should use us. And that's how our gifts are being used. And we're not rejecting them. We're just shining where they're letting us shine. Why fight to prove it when we can really let that love flow? I love that. So you work with just women or do you work with men as well? I mostly work with women. I have had a few very brave men who are really ready to get raw and vulnerable and honest. Um, But by and large, I work with women. Do you think that because do you think women relate more to you because of they know your struggle? They know your story. How many go in and say, I can't believe you actually went through this. Now help me go through this myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they'll say, whoa, if you can do that, I can do this. Show me how. Yeah. So can you tell us one of your stories for one of your clients, like a success story, maybe? Oh, that's a great idea. Um, I've got one success story. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell this one. I was like, which one? Which one? She came from a very patriarchal religion and she was a very, very good girl. And she did absolutely everything right. And she was perfect. And she started getting depressed and wasn't sure why. And when she started getting depressed, she started making mistakes. And they just started piling on top of each other. And she came to me actually with an eating disorder. Mm. (laughs) Because things manifest differently. And as we started talking about what is this eating disorder, she was really trying to bring sweetness into her life. She was trying to bring that element of pleasure, that element of feeling good, that element of like spicy, naughty. And it was interesting because we started tying all of those things that she was lacking to her food. Well, then we started looking at it. What are you trying to get from this? What are you trying to do from this? What are you trying to do? And the layers started coming off. 
Well, it might be my husband. It might be my kids. It might be my parents. It might be that everybody's told me to do this and I've never wanted to do this. I didn't want to do this. I wanted to do this. I didn't want to do this. And she even had a story from an aunt in her family who was like ostracized for doing her own thing. Mm. And it took a while, but she just started releasing those things and then having some honest conversations with people. I'm not happy doing that. And there was a little pushback, yes. But as she started becoming happier, people would see that. And because they loved her, it took a while, but they came back around that I'm so happy that you're in this place right now. And in her case, she actually ended up leaving the church, which was a big darn deal. But her church family saw how happy she was and they have embraced her on an entirely new level. And yes, there were some people who didn't accept that, mm. but she's really found a good place of balance and she is supporting herself now financially, which is huge. And mm -hmm. it just gives her that sex, self, sense of empowerment. And on her workout level, it's funny. Her big thing was like weights because it's that strength. So when she feels beaten down, she literally grabs weights and she does some strength. And what, why I, I've got the big glorious story, but why I liked her story is it's, it's not this big glorious story. It's not that, you know, from this to this, it's just from beaten down, from not mm -hmm. being happy, from being afraid to finding a footing, finding her own kind of spirituality, her own money, her own workout. Two of her kids are incredibly close to her now. One, not so much, but she's in that place where I give him the grace to find his own path and he's giving me the grace to find my own path. And I am his mother and I trust that we will come back together full circle at some point. Mm -hmm. And that's why I chose to tell her story because it's just this place of happiness. She gets up, she goes to a job that she loves, she just feels good about herself. And one thing that I do with my clients is we use the Voxer app and I just have people check in with me. And I just love her daily check-ins because she's like, I am at home in my own space and I feel good. <laughs> and it's subtle, but it, she feels good. She's still serving. She's still doing things for others. And she has that peace at the end of the day. She's like, I go to bed every day happy. Wow. Spreading it. And that's huge. And that's why I told that story. It's just happy. Go to bed happy. Wake up enthusiastic about the rest of the day and have the sense of satisfaction that I'm living my life my way. To me, that's invaluable. That is so invaluable. And breaking free from judgment. Because like you said, she she was judged by religion. She was judged by family. But then when the family saw that she was happy. They're so happy. They were like, yeah. Yeah. Because we want our kids to be happy. We want our friends to be happy. And there's a difference between I'm so happy and really relaxed happy. Yeah, it's a difference between the Stepford Wives to actually real life, like Instagram and reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she can serve them better, too. I mean, that's kind of what's ironic about it. She's in a better place to authentically serve. When that was her goal at the first was to serve, 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 serve. Well, now she serves people better because she, it's from that place of overflow. Yeah. And she's not so beaten down that it's like a chore. Now it's something that she enjoys doing. And it's something that it's abundance for her because it's I'm giving back because it makes me feel good instead of I'm giving back because it's an obligation for me to do this. Yeah. I have to, to be the perfect child of God. I have to. Yeah, I love that. So I want to ask you the question because I forgot to ask you last time. Oh, when yeah. people, um, where are you located and do you work with everybody across the U.S. or can you just work with people right in your central area? I work with people all over the world. I even work with people in India, which I love. <laughs> I do all of my meetings um, on Zoom, which is great. Uh, like I mentioned, that Voxer app, I like checking in with people because I like people... When you have a thought, it's important to get it out, to hear yourself say it and to speak it and mm -hmm. to have it out there for another person sometimes to, to check. 
I'm feeling this way. I'm thinking this, what's going on? So I use Vox, I use Zoom. We work all the time. I send people a weekly email with an assignment. That's some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Things to think about, things to ponder. Love letters to yourself, you know, questions to ask yourself. And then we meet monthly for a 90-minute Zoom session. So it's a lot of, I teach you the skills, but it's application. You know, you can, you can pick up any book or go to any website and you can learn skills, but how do you apply them as you're moving along in real life? That's the tricky part because it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to let judgment affect me until you're judged. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so important about the life choreography. We're together. This is how I'm judged. This is what I'm feeling. Okay, then let's walk that back. Let's talk that through. Let me show you how to apply this. When that's not working, what's step two? How are you going to do it over here? What about this? And that's why it's the choreography. It's not just, here's what you do. It's here's how you do it. I love that because with a lot of coaches that – I have had the interaction with some of them changed their thing because they're thinking, Oh, I'm going to get all this volume. And then they go do, instead of doing the zoom calls, which was more personal and you're feeling like you're connecting with them, even if it's in a group, yeah. they go to a Facebook group and they just, it's for them talking and you have to interact through the keyboard. And like for me, for instance, interacting through a keyboard is not something that I want to do every day because I'm on the keyboard all the time. I want to be able to talk to people. My inter two, I'm a two. I need people. I need interaction with people. You know, <laughs> just the keyboard. I'm like, that's just another chore that I have to do at night. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I love about like using the Voxer app, app with my clients. You can talk it out and process it real time because I need to talk things out to process it. And talking into it, it records it. So then you can go back and listen to your self-process if you want. And if not, I can hit you back and be like, that is totally making sense. Or have you thought about this? Or it's sounding like this. Because that's how our brains work. It's not just creating this perfect email. It's about talking it out and saying things in the moment. Mm -hmm. In so the true. moment is what matters. We yeah. live in the moment. I love that because actually you actually made me think about some things during our conversation that in the moment I would have not have thought about because we've had that conversation. Yeah. And then we obsess, or at least I obsess. And most of the women that I work with, we obsess about it. What did this mean? And I should have said this. And Oh my gosh. Blah, 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 blah. Talk Instead about it. Just, okay. It's done. It's over. Let's shut it off and move on. Yeah. And then you vox it out. And you get your interaction and then you're down the right rabbit hole instead of down 15 other rabbit holes that don't matter. I love that. So where can people find you at? LauraCheadle.com. And it, it's on the screen. L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Um, I've got, you know, my little work with me. I've got videos, all of that great stuff. I'm on all social media. You can always connect with me, Instagram, Facebook, um, those are the two that I'm on most often. And I love to have you on my mailing list too. If you're just interested in getting little like that nuggets and wisdom, mm -hmm. it's the tools, but once you have the tools, then you can start applying them. And, and I do a weekly Sunday sparkle email. Um, so yeah, you can start applying it and you can sign up either on the front page of my website, or you can go to nakedselfworth.com and sign up and you'll get a gorgeous five email sequence. And then you'll just be on the list as the reminder to ask yourself these questions, walk yourself back. What's really going on? What's really going on? And to keep yourself feeling good and feeling happy and untangled from everybody else's stuff. Yeah, I love that. And I want to thank you so much for coming on again. And I, I'm going to tell you this, like I told you last time, you are more than welcome to come on any other time you want to come on because I and really enjoy talking to you so much. Thank you. That's how I feel too. I'm like, you're, you're my friend and I just want to sit here and talk and hang out and have tea all day. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately we can't do that <laughs> because we would never get anything else done because we're both busy women running our own businesses. So if we sat and had tea all day long, we wouldn't be able to earn the money. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. <laughs> so thank you for having me. All right, guys, we will see you on the next chat for the blog cabin. Bye guys.
Y'all, the episode that Laura was on was episode 100. I will put it in the show notes as well as her book and how you can get in touch with her. But I really um, love her energy. I love how she chose forgiveness over, over bitterness because sometimes we can choose to be bitter over things that we shouldn't really be bitter over. Um, I want to thank you so much for being part of the podcast family and please like, leave a rating, or review wherever you listen to it at. Subscribe as well if you're on YouTube or Chats from the Blog Cabin. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I thank you so much and I hope you're really enjoying the Women Empowerment series that I'm doing and there's still more to come. Every single solitary day, like I said, there's going to be a single, an F, a live and then a podcast. So, I bit off. I said I was going to do it, and I'm doing it. So, you know what I need you to do? I need you to have a blessed day, and remember, keep chatting.